The first time you saw that actor, it was a period drama. And what a handsome mustache that was. Then in that spaghetti western, it was even longer. And wow, that handlebar style really got you into police dramas. Hang on, are you sure that was the same actor? Hmm, still enjoyed it. On Tubi, the things you love just keep going. Dab the banner to watch now. Previously on Love Island, the official Love Island USA podcast hosted by Matthew Hoffman. On today's show, a recoupling changes the villa forever. We dip in and dip out of all the gossip and bolt down your snuggie to your corduroy armchair because Mackenzie is in studio. Hit it! Hello, Love Island universe. Here we are. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Matthew Hoffman. Episode 13. I can feel the end coming. Oh, it's bittersweet. I'm excited to see who wins, but I'm scared to go back to my winter life. Oh, you see, I'm a roller skating waitress in Cape Cod off season, and it's it's icy. And mommy's clumsy. By the end of every night, I'm covered in bruises and special sauce. Slip, slip. And let's skate on with tonight's episode on Peacock. It was insane. But even more insane is tonight's guest. <clears throat> I've done some interviews in my day. Yeah. Oprah, Al Gore, Clooney. But tonight... Tonight is my Frost Nixon. Tonight is my home run in the Super Bowl. Mackenzie is in the studio. Oh, I've been prepping for this hard-hitting sit-down interview for two years. I have even been training with a weighted vest on my tongue. And tonight, oh, tonight, I am going to ask more questions than a cop pulling over a clown car. Now, before we talk to the siren of Scottsdale, let's talk about tonight's arresting episode of Love Island on Peacock. Tonight's episode started with Mackenzie's birthday. The Islanders baked her a cake, whereas where I'm from, Mackenzie's birthday is a parade and Ferris wheels, fried Oreos, and a local bluegrass band called the Mackenzie Dipmans. But Mackenzie was touched. It was her best birthday ever. She even cried. And when Mackenzie cries, I cry. And I flip a credenza. Then Nadja hit Jeff with the big question, when are you going to ask me to be your girlfriend? And you got to tip your cap to Jeff. He ninjaed his way out of being her boyfriend by telling her what a great mom she would be. <laughs> nice misdirect, Jeff. Coincidentally, misdirect is also the alias I use when checking into a hotel. But all this wedding talk was a perfect transition to caking out, a wedding-themed game where islanders cover themselves in wedding cake and make out. Meanwhile, in Jesse Deb world, a.k.a. Debsy, Deb is worried that Jesse isn't her guy. He doesn't match her energy. He's, he's a lighter. She's a bonfire. He's a sashimi. And she's a whole branzino crusted in the salt that is her flailing relationship. But then it 
got real. The Islanders got a text that told them to head to the fire pit. Oh, worst text ever. And that's coming from a guy who's in a text chat with Freddy Krueger and my student loan officer. We all, uh, we went out to dinner once a whole thing. Anyway, America voted and one couple is going home. Jeff and Nadja, uh, safe, like how I feel in an oversized hoodie. Zita and Timmy, sticking around like the pop rocks you dropped in between your car seat and center console. Deb and Jesse, oh, they got more votes than a stripper running for mayor in Reno. Sydney and Isaiah, oh, like the Camaro in your uncle's barn, not going anywhere. And that left not coupled up couples, Mackenzie and Chad and Phoebe and Joel, on the chopping block. The girls had to choose which boy goes home, and the girls chose to send Joel home, leaving Chad safe. And then the boys were about to choose, but (gasps) Mackenzie offered to leave to give Phoebe a chance with Chad. Now that is sacrifice. Take notes, Gandhi. Mackenzie is going home and I cried harder than an influencer who just dropped their phone off the side of a yacht that isn't even theirs. But if that goodbye led to this hello, I'll take it. Don't miss The Marvels in theaters on November 10th and see where the Marvel stories all began when you watch Captain Marvel, WandaVision, and Miss Marvel only on Disney+. Plus. Get Disney Plus with Disney, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, and National Geographic. Plan starting at $7.99. This episode is brought to you by Undeniably Dairy. Dairy farmers are more than farmers. They're climate caretakers. They see water as a precious resource. Most farmers recycle water up to four times, from chilling the milk to irrigating the crops. And some even use technology to turn manure into renewable energy. To learn more about what dairy farmers are doing to make their farms more sustainable, visit usdairy.com. Our guest needs no introduction, much like Beyonce, Madonna, and Cher. Only one name is needed. Over two years in the making, you know her and you love her from season two and season four of Love Island USA. Please welcome to Previously On, my imaginary best friend, the Mac Attack, Mackenzie! Wow, that introduction. Can you just follow me around everywhere? (laughs) Oh my God. I cannot even tell you how excited I am for today. Like, I don't even think you know. Like, I feel like we are best friends. (laughs) I feel the same. They were like, do you realize who's going to be interviewing you? And they told me. And I was like, okay, we're kind of besties. But like, I don't know if you would define us as that. So, on the same page. It is so cool. I mean, I'm looking back at our relationship, for lack of a better word, and it's like, I've spent many summers talking about you now, Mackenzie. I mean, like, many. (laughs) My therapist knows you. I mean, you're part of the family, girl. (laughs) I feel like I am. I, I would be curious, what name would you give me this season? Because Irish law firm of Connor and Mackenzie was pretty, like, epic. You will always be. Connor was on the show. He was on, like, a couple of days ago. And I introed him as 
What I will intro you is one half of my favorite Irish law firm, Connor and Mackenzie. And no objections, still no objections. You will always, always be my favorite lawyer. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I hope you listen back to our season and you were like, all right, narrator, man. OK. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. I uh, can't hear your voice in the villa, obviously, but I did miss it. Oh, <laughs> well, thank you. Well, this to me is the Barbara Walters exclusive of my dreams and non-existent career. I, I mean, <laughs> I even went around to every microphone in the studio and just made sure they were plugged in because I'm like, if anyone screws this up, I swear we have to get into it. I have to selfishly get the first question out of the way for a second. And that is, where is Gus? And does he ask about me? Because I have not seen Gus since we lost each other at Burning Man. And I hope everything's okay. I mean, Gus said that Burning Man was like a really incredible experience. It got mm -hmm. very spiritual between the yeah. two of you. Yeah. And I have to say, Gus was a huge part of me coming back because mm -hmm. he wanted to see you again. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, but like, he's sleeping right now. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Got it. We'll we'll talk off cam. Yeah. 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 Okay. Cool. Okay. I love him though, and just let him know. <laughs> Some people did not understand the Gus thing. They're not our people, Mackenzie. That's it. Period. <laughs> they're not our people. Stop talking. It doesn't matter if you don't. If you don't know, you don't know. What are you gonna do? <laughs> Gus should be bronzed in the Love Island Town Square, as far as I am concerned. Well, I love you so much. I am so happy you're here with us today. I really hope you feel the love because I'm really, really excited. And we we have to get into it because you are the first Islander in Love Island USA history to crash the villa twice, solidifying <laughs> you with everything I knew that you are Love Island royalty with a capital R. Did you think that your Love Island journey was over? And what was going through your mind when you got this call? Like, did you even think that was a possibility? I had this weird feeling, I'm not done. And then I get a call saying, hey, like, are you single? And I was like, oh, <laughs> her, okay. Yeah. Like, yeah, so all those things. What were your thoughts? Were you like, wow, this is a once in a lifetime experience? Yeah, I really, I mean, now I could say it's twice in a lifetime for me. Right. But to be called back, it's wild. They were like, how soon can you get here? And then I was like, I guess I could get there in like 24 hours. And then it just all happened. I'm so grateful and I wanted to be a bombshell. A little bit of me wanted to be a bombshell the first time around. So to get to do it this time, I'm like, I'm going to be chaotic. I am going to wear red. So to be able to say that I did that, like be an OG, be a bombshell. Iconic. You crashed the villa twice. The only thing I ever crashed was my dad's 91 Volvo. <laughs> So good oh, for you, man, girl. Not the Volvo. <laughs> the Volvo. <laughs> not the Volvo. <laughs> you watched this season from home like the rest of us, but mm -hmm. then you entered the villa. So did any of the couples surprise you once you arrived? Like, were they different in person or was that experience different? And were the Islanders intimidated by you? So people often ask me if I'm intimidating. 
And I like to say no, but I think that I am. And I just have to Mackenzie, accept that. Mackenzie, I am wearing a diaper for this entire interview. So <laughs> please. <laughs> I think the boys could have used one when I, when I walked in. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> or some kind of compression shorts. I don't know, something. They would have been probably like a bit nervous. <laughs> well, let's dissect tonight's episode like a freshman biology student because love was in the air and everyone was so proud of Sydney and Isaiah. You saw it firsthand. What is your take on them and do you see it working in the real world? So this is a hot take, but I think they have one of the strongest connections. I think that what they have is powerful. Like, when you're around it, it's undeniable. Like, the way that he looks at her, the way he talks about her, it, it's so sweet. That's so cool. And it gets cooler because Timmy asks Z if they need to modify their title. And she says she needs to wait for the outside as it's a relationship she wants to see through. Right. Mm -hmm. Mac, from the front lines, give us the scoop. Spill the Timmy and Zita tea. They are our Clooney and Amal, our Brad and Angie in the good old days and our Brad and Jen in the real good old days. So what is their love like up close? They definitely are building that foundation. And I love their realistic approach of just being exclusive. And I actually mm -hmm. told Timmy and Zeta separately, I don't think you should leave here necessarily or hope to leave here with a boyfriend or girlfriend. I think you should hope to leave with a very strong connection and a plan for how you want to continue to pursue that connection on the outside. So I think that them just keeping it exclusive shows how much they're thinking long-term. Mm -hmm. I also think the difference of being 29 versus, you know, 21 and 22, like Sid and Isaiah, that title means more to them of being boyfriend and girlfriend. I can't remember the last time someone asked me to be their girlfriend. Yeah, you've you've tried both, right? I mean, you've had relationships inside and outside of the yeah. villa. So what is the main difference other than like the free sunblock and coffee? <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say the biggest difference is that you don't know how they text. You don't know how they communicate at all. And you also... For some people, I think that they benefit from being around that many other people. It will bring out the best in you sometimes. And maybe right. that you have a charisma in that setting in the villa. But maybe you're a little bit different on the outside. So I personally feel like you have to approach your relationship outside the villa as though it is an entirely new relationship. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where Connor and I went wrong of making it so serious so fast. Yeah. Because I think it was too much pressure and we didn't have time to realize, wow, there's a lot of things we don't agree on or have in common, but those things were overlooked in the villa because we were just able to be around each other all day. So we felt like that was enough, but it yeah. really wasn't. 
Well, after your first Love Island, you and Connor got back together and you broke up and you released a joint statement saying, quote, this was not a decision we took lightly, end quote. Walk me through that time and what is your relationship today? So that time was difficult because he had started his accounting job and he was very, very busy. So we had gone from traveling a bunch together, essentially living together from the time he left the show up until New Year's. So that was like four months, three or four, three months ish. Mm -hmm. And we'd actually picked out an apartment and we were going to move in together. Yeah. We had an apartment Whoa. picked out in Pittsburgh. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to move to Pittsburgh. That's love, Mackenzie. Yeah. That is some love, girl. She I said, I don't need a ring. <laughs> but once we finally allowed ourselves to have that distance, I think it became more and more apparent how many things we just didn't have in common. Yeah. And I think that's what I was trying to actually explain to Deb that with a nice guy, you're never going to find a fault in them. Like he cheated on me or he did this or he did that. You have to look at the way they make you feel and what you have in common with them outside of just being kind to one another. Who broke it off or was it mutual? Me. You did. It was me. Yeah. Are you still in contact today? What's your relationship like today? We're not in contact, but it's like a respectfully not in contact. Yeah. Like, it's not as though we have any malice towards one another. I just think when I say, like, we realized how different we were, like, we weren't even similar enough to really have a friendship at the end mm-hmm. of the day. During your first season of Love Island, you and Connor went to the hideaway and oof, it was steamier than dim sum in a sauna, Mackenzie. So if you could have went to the hideaway this season with anyone from season four, who would it be? That's such a hot question. I would say if I could take anyone to the hideaway, it would be Deb and we would just play games <laughs> all night and we would be goofy and just dance around the pole. But no boys this season deserved a trip to the hideaway with me. That's something that I reserve for very special people. Amazing. Well, like speaking Deb. of special, <laughs> yeah, speaking of special, when is Jeff going to ask Nadja to be his girlfriend? What is your take on that? Because Jeff says that he never felt like this before. He sees their children, Mackenzie, running towards their bed. They both yeah. cry in this episode. Mac Attack, this is the second episode he has brought up children. Are these the first Love Island USA babies? Like, what is your take? Um, I do not think there's babies coming from them. I, my money would be on Sid and Isaiah for the first Love Island USA baby. I feel like the first Love Island mom should give birth on a beanbag. I feel like that's where that's where it should happen. <laughs> I agree. Or on the blue couch. That was a popular yes. area this season. <laughs> yes. Well, speaking of popular, Deb is upset at Jesse's peacock, shall we say, and she hasn't even seen it yet. She has not even seen it. Mackenzie, you had a heart to heart with Deb on tonight's episode. Do you believe deep down in her heart that Deb knows that Jesse isn't the right one for her? Yes. 
You do? Yes. Okay. Do you think that she will take action towards that? I think she might rather finish this experience out with him, even if she has these doubts, just to see it through. Interesting. Well, I mean, you certainly gave Deb a slice of what love could be outside of the villa, right? And then it was time for a slice of some real cake in tonight's Peacock Challenge. First of all, Nadja says she hates cake. And if I were Jeff, I would call the police right then and there. I mean, what kind of monster are we dealing with? You know, so that's that's my take on that. But all I could think was Sydney in all of this cream must have been in heaven. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Those two made it look erotic. Like, we're over here. I have goo in places that goo should never be. Uh, And Sydney and Isaiah are making it look hot. Like, I was turned on. Well, hold on, hold on, because you made out with Chad during this challenge. Was that a makeout? Yes, from where (laughs) I was sitting, that's a makeout, girl. Yeah. Is there anything there? Walk me through that moment and kind of where your head was at. Well, I think that we just care about each other a lot, but it's weird. We both had this understanding really early on, like a day into being coupled up, that we have a connection, but there is no romance in it. So I think it was just more for the fun of the challenge. We really wanted to spice it up because everyone was doing the same jump. And so Chad's like, let's do it differently. Like, jump up in my arms. And so I loved it. I was also blind. I had so much. (laughs) The bangs were working against me in that challenge. No such thing. They're not working against you. They are working for you and overtime. Thank you. you. They deserve a raise. (laughs) It was then time for America's vote of the most compatible couples. And two couples remained Joel and Phoebe and you and Chad and the girls got to decide whether to save Chad or Joel. And the boys had to decide whether it was you or Phoebe. The girls picked Chad. And then, then, (laughs) this was the moment. I think we all went back to high school because you had class. (laughs) Thank you. Mac, you decided to leave the villa on your own accord as Phoebe and Chad deserved their shot at love. And you said, quote, Love Island has given me so much these last two years, and I am happy to close this chapter. I thought that that was so beautiful and so classy. Walk me through that moment and your thoughts. Were you at peace with it? Were you disappointed? Did you know somebody may not have picked you? Or did you just really want Phoebe to continue? Like, there's so many layers to any decision that goes into that. Walk me through them. Yeah, so I was very encouraging of Phoebe and Chad. I kept telling Phoebe, go for Chad. Don't try to be like the good guy in this. If you're not feeling Joel, go for Chad. Like, don't let me stop you. Because I always said, if Chad and I don't connect, it's not going to be because of Phoebe. It's going to be because Chad and I don't connect. She and I are so different that I was confident in that. So I told her, Phoebe, 
I know you're a super fan. Like, I want this for you. But I knew I was going to leave. But I really just wanted to go out on my own terms. I felt like so many people feel like a failure if they leave Love Island alone or in a romantic couple. And I wanted any girl or I guess guy watching to understand that there's no shame in choosing to walk out on your own. And you don't have to wait passively for that moment of getting eliminated. Like just Mm -hmm. choose yourself and believe in yourself and leave. And that's what I felt in my heart. And I actually just didn't prepare a speech. It just came out that way. And I felt such a sense of peace to feel like almost an experience that kind of haunted me. Like people coming up to me and being like, mentioning the America stole my boyfriend and which Mackenzie, you brought it up. It's my ringtone. So I just want (laughs) to, I just want to throw that out there. (laughs) I'm going to get t-shirts made of me crying (laughs) and having a little subtext. I've been saying I'm going to do it. I'm going to actually do it. I've been giving those out for Christmas the last two years. So you are late to the party, ma'am. Okay. Maybe you can send me one. <laughs> we can I will compare. send you one. <laughs> Speaking of comparing, I mean, do you think Phoebe and Chad handled it correctly with you there? Do you think they navigated it the right way? I do stand by the fact that Chad undersold their connection. And... It makes me sad that me vocalizing that upset Phoebe. I'm still not really sure why that is. I feel like that's a Chad problem, not a me problem. But I did confront Chad about that. And I was like, would you admit that you did kind of downplay your connection? And he's like, yeah, I I guess I did. But that was out of respect for you, wouldn't you do the same? And I was like, no, actually. If I wanted to kiss someone else, I would make that no. Yeah, yeah. Like the kiss before the recoupling, Chad made it very much seem like Phoebe was instigating that. And it wasn't necessarily 50-50. It was maybe more like 60-40. Right. So... It didn't bother me that they were connecting because I didn't want to be in that horse race. I just do wish there had been more honesty just because that's how I operate. Right. Well, speaking of horse race, hey, girl, because Phoebe... To smell that Emmy Award winning transition. Yes, that was incredible. <laughs> so good. It was so good. I think four audio engineers in this room just left. They were like, we quit. That That is, that's the line, that's ma'am. <laughs> Phoebe obviously was brought over from Casa, right? And in your first season, you had an iconic Casa Amor storyline that literally, I have video of this, Mac. I will send it to you via DM. We were watching it and they were taping me watching it. And I literally started crying, like genuinely started crying. It brought me to tears. Would you change anything from your Casa journey? Because I personally need closure on the subject so I can move (laughs) on with my life. (laughs) 
Yeah, I think the one thing I would have changed was I wish I had just chosen myself like I did this season. You got to leave some things on vacation. Don't bring it all home. Yeah, you're telling me I brought home a sun hat from Fiji season one, and it's uh, it's still not a great purchase, but here we are. (laughs) Well, in the words of Alanis Morissette, you live, you learn, right? I mean, come on. So you said that your first Love Island journey was about love, but this season to you was about friendship. Walk me through the differences. It is so different being in the villa and have no romantic connection at all. Like that was so weird for me. Every morning I woke up and I'm like, what am I going to do today? Because there's no one to chat with. I felt like it was important to be upfront with Joel and Chad that I wasn't feeling it romantically because I could have milked that. I could have acted like I was more into it, but I wasn't. Yeah. So every day I kind of woke up and I was like, what's going to happen? I don't know what's going to happen. But I really feel like because of that spare time I had, I was able to have meaningful conversations with almost everyone in the villa. That's so cool. And I do feel like I became invested in their journeys And because everyone in there is so different, I feel like it taught me how to be a better friend to people. Wow. Because I had to adjust my communication style. We had such a good time. And I feel like in a weird way, even though I was there far less time, I didn't have a romantic connection. I almost felt more at ease at times with this group than I did on my original season, which was so interesting to me. I really feel like Carrington understood me pretty well. You you pronounced that wrong. It's actually Carrington. <laughs> so how dare you? <laughs> I know the disrespect. I will That's do fine. better next we'll time. On. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> but I... I do think Friend Island was a lot of fun. It was different, but it was fun. Really quickly, how is your approach different coming back to the villa the second time around? Did you have a strategy going in or were you just like, what was it? What was it? Tell me. (laughs) I thought about this. I really did. But I knew I wanted to pull Timmy first because obviously they were exclusive. It was not going to be misinterpreted. And I wanted him to get to know me. So that way then when the boys asked, Timmy, what's she like? Yeah, I thought about it. Yeah, That's good. Because you're saying that and I'm like, how could it not be misinterpreted? Like if I were Zeta, I would be like, (laughs) she has five seconds to live. But that is such a great strategy. Yeah, so that was my thought because I know the guys respect Timmy. And that they would value his input. And I also felt a kinship with Zeta watching her, seeing how outspoken she was. And I wanted her to be my bestie. 
So I wanted to put in a good word with Timmy before she got back. <laughs> oh, girl, you are so smart. <laughs> Mackenzie Dipman, you have dipped in and out of Love Island twice now, more so than any other Islander in U.S. history. So tonight we are going to play a little game called Dip In or Dip Out. Yes. So I am going to ask you a scenario of hypothetical questions. If you are into it, you say dip in. Mm -hmm. And if not, it's dip out. So let's practice. Okay. Are you into playing this game? Dip in or dip out? Dip in. A hundred percent. Here we go. You go on a first date and the guy eats sushi with ketchup. Dip in or dip out? Mmm. I'd say I would dip a toe in. I would be thinking that's a little bit suspect, but I do feel like ketchup is a cousin to sriracha, and that's not a crazy thing to do. Okay. Not, not, no, not, no. All right. I mean, I would not use ketchup personally. And instead of soy sauce, I actually, I eat sushi with my tears. Oh God. Very salty. Very. Love Island USA season 34 calls you to see if you are single. Yeah. 34 girl. Do the math. Dip in or dip out. Dip right in. Yes. <laughs> get me in there. You get home and there's flowers and a ticket to Massachusetts from Joel. You dip in or you dip out? Um, I would dip out and said you put the wrong address. This should be going to Bella's place. Interesting. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Well, I mean, he's a great guy. Do you wish you had more time to get to know him or do you feel like you sussed it out appropriately? I knew immediately within like the first chat that we wanted very, very different things. All right. You are approached to become the mayor of Scottsdale. Dip in or dip out? Dip in, baby. <laughs> Let's do it. That should be my campaign slogan. Dip in. Dip in. What's your platform? I mean, more day clubs, cold yoga. What What are we running on? What is the platform? Cold yoga. That's an innovation. Because everything is coming over from LA. We need to start sending things to LA. Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. Next one. Chad and Phoebe invite you to their wedding. Dip in. Or dip out. Dip in. That's going to be a fun party. I'm sure there's going to be tons of alcohol, lots yep. of dancing. Yeah. That'd be a blast. Get those mozzarella sticks, girl. Well, you came into the villa this time around with a new addition. So if you were to have the chance to live La Vida Loca again, would you revisit the island with season two cast or your season four cast? Oh, that's tough. I don't, I can't answer that. Hard hitting questions. <laughs> I really can't answer that. Who do you keep in touch with from season two? I keep in touch with almost all of the girls. Great. I'm not even just saying that. We really do stay in touch. Oh, well, you have to tell all of them I say hi and I, I miss will. them. I'll do my best Matthew voice. Can I hear that? <laughs> Navy. I feel okay. a little bit nervous because I I don't know if you 
if you ever heard me, but I would do like tonight. On Love <laughs> Island. And I would do that on my season every night. Uh, that's You nailed it, girl. You nailed it. <laughs> you may have a deeper voice than I do, but you nailed it. <laughs> I, I could. You know, my voice was meant for radio. Well, all right. You dipped in and dipped out. And now I am going to dip into a fun segment we here like to call I Got a Tweet. So today's tweet comes in from Mark the Stallion at Mark Green One. First of all, Mark, thank you for listening. And tip of the Adam's apple for that Twitter handle. I really, yeah, really seriously, appreciate it. Seriously, that's a strong it. handle. Strong handle. He probably has strong hands on him. All right, calm down, Mackenzie. <laughs> <laughs> you just got out of the villa. Give it a moment. All right, the tweet is, quote... People forget that Mackenzie was always a voice of reason and a good friend on her first season. She stood up for Moira when James wasn't talking to her with respect. And now she's explaining to Isaiah how to treat and talk about women respectfully. Truly a queen. End quote. Mac, what are your thoughts on that? Because I feel like people forget that above all else, you are a girl's Girl, like a hundred percent, and you're always looking out for your friends. What is your take when you hear a tweet like that? I mean, it's really validating. I think everyone just wants to feel seen. And I think with girls, you want to create a safe space where they feel like they can trust you and lean on you. And so when people recognize that in me, it makes me feel good because it makes me feel like, other girls will feel that way and they can come to me because I never want anyone to feel isolated. That's not what I'm about at all. Yeah. Not only is it you feel that girls can approach you, but it's also inspiring for younger girls or girls in general who are watching the show being like, wow, that is such a great characteristic to have. I'm going to take a little bit of that in my own life. I think that's really cool, too. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I will say about the Isaiah thing. I also feel like I learned a lesson with that as well. Because I do think we throw that term around like, oh, you look so good naturally or, you know, you don't need to wear makeup and talking to Sid more and actually thinking about these things. I realized we mean it with good intentions, but it also has this loaded meaning behind it. Mm -hmm. And it makes you think like, oh, so you don't like me with makeup? It just, you never know what it's going to trigger in that right. person's mind. So I also feel like I learned from that moment. Yeah. And I'm glad that Isaiah was so receptive to taking that input from me because I didn't want to overstep. But I know that Isaiah wants to grow. And I felt like that moment just worked out perfectly to talk about it. Do you want to say anything to Mark Green One? <laughs> Do you want to say your goodbyes? <laughs> I want to know uh, what the stallion is. That's that's my only question for Mark. <laughs> okay, I'm going to... Mark, if you're listening, you're welcome. I'm going to end this segment. There you go. I got a tweet! 
All right, Mackenzie, you may know that it is my intention to end each episode with an inspirational quote to inspire our Love Island family. And there is no one, no one, more enlightened to inspire the masses than Timmy. True. (laughs) (laughs) So it is time to end the show with an inspirational quote from Timmy, a Timmyism, if you will, and you will. So (laughs) if we can just have... Okay, go ahead. If we could have a a meditative chant to start. Hmm. Here we go. Today's inspirational Timmyism is... We just out here moving (laughs) as a movement. Move with the movement or get moved, man. You heard? Mm. It's beautiful. It, It truly is profound. And it's funny because I actually said one time that Timmy can say some of the most simple things that actually cut so deep. So deep, so deep. Well, from a padded, windowless booth, Matthew Hoffman here reminding you to move with the micro-molecules of movement. Magicians Mackenzie and Matthew may manifest. May my mantra melt minds and magnify, maintaining the malleable mixing moods, making a major magnanimous mainstream machine. Malice, manipulation, and maintenance free. Mm. The magical magnitude of movement. Magnificent. Can I get that on a bumper sticker? (laughs) Not a car big enough, girl. (laughs) (laughs) That is our Timmyism of the day. Thank you to our Love Island listeners, and we will be back tomorrow. Everyone listening, tag me on socials with your thoughts on all things Love Island, and I will read them on tomorrow's show at Matthew Hoffman 1 on Twitter and at MatthewHoffman.tv on Instagram. We are recorded today's episode from Hennessy Studios in Los Angeles. Maddie and Mackenzie out. And as always, stream new episodes Tuesday through Sunday at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific, only on Peacock. Mackenzie, this was such a great interview. I cannot thank you enough. I feel like we finally met. We have been in the DMs. I have sent you many a voice memo, but this is the coolest. So thank you for being a part of the Love Island family. And I hope you feel the love coming your way. I do. And I hope you finally gain some closure from that traumatizing Casa Amor evening. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. I love you so much. Thank you for being on the show. Where can fans find you? And is there anything that you would like to say to the Love Island universe? Um, I guess I would say... This may not be the last of me, so (gasps) I'm just kidding. I'm not coming back again. I'm I'm getting older. I can't take it. (laughs) (laughs) But if you do want to keep up with me in my other adventures, I would just find me on Instagram at Mackenzie Dipman 
I really need to get better with other social media. But for the moment, I'm that basic bitch on Instagram. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> oh, and Mackenzie, before I forget, mm-hmm. have a great night. So nice. <laughs> Previously on is the official Love Island podcast of Love Island USA. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Previously on is hosted by Matthew Hoffman. Previously on is recorded at Hennessy Studios with a very special thank you to our podfather, Jason Hennessy. Produced by Benji Aflalo, sound engineered and produced by Josh Fisher, and co-produced by Christy Kelly. Love Island.